0: everybody to the JJ and Pug show February 11th 2024 <laughs> just after the Super Bowl just after the Super Bowl we're going to stop calling the show by episode number we're just going to do it by the date now so all you fools out there trying catch in and say oh it's actually episode eight shut up carl yeah carl shut up carl <laughs> yeah hey dude what a game that was a great game what right? a game you can't be mad at
1: a game like that i don't care if you're a fan of either team or not you got to appreciate a good game when it happens yeah, absolutely like
0: that. and here here's here's the thing i felt so confident going into that game that the 49ers had the better team yeah. which i felt was proven yeah but I, you're I not taking down Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes when it matters. They just made, they just, I mean, you can't
1: give them that kind of time. I no. think if they would have scored a touchdown in the overtime drive they had, it would have been better. I mean, they would have probably, I don't know if we'd probably not be here yet because no. it would be going again. Yeah. But, or maybe it would have changed the way that uh, the, the Chiefs the, played. The Chiefs played. Who knows? But they had to know going in that, hey, all right, all we're going to do is get, we got three no matter what. You know, Butker's going to kick. He yep. just hit a, He I think he hit a 57 yarder, longest one in Super Bowl history. You know, you're good there. So it's just let's go down and
0: win. And you, you got to feel like the 49ers felt like they failed when they they only got three points on their opening drive. I agree. You got to feel like they're, they just, you know, every 49ers fans sphincter tightened. Everybody got super stressed. And you know, the thing is, is I said this to the guy I'm watching the game with. It's amazing how a game can go nowhere for three quarters. And then suddenly the fourth quarter hits and now everybody remembers how to play. Yeah. It was kind of weird. I think it was just defense was playing. I mean, just Very lights well. out
1: on both sides and you got to give credit to where credit's due. And they both came to play, but I, yeah, San Francisco just couldn't, you can't hold down the and I hate him. I mean, I respect <laughs> his game, but like we've talked about, he's the Tom Brady of this time and yep. it sucks to see him keep winning, but I'm happy for the Kelsey family. I, I think the their podcast is great and they don't, I'm not, I mean, I I really wanted to see Taylor Swift cry. Like, <laughs> cold, I, could, I know it's terrible, but I'm just like, Oh, it'd have been so nice to see just pure disappointment on her face. But instead, <laughs> I wanted, to, I
0: wanted to see, uh, I hate to admit this, but truly I was rooting hard for the chiefs. I didn't think I'd do that way, but truly like, I really do like to see a dynasty because now the Chiefs truly are a dynasty. They are. And Patrick Mahomes is making a play,
1: becoming one of the greatest, if not the greatest yep. of all time.
0: But here's the thing. About at this age, I think, I could be wrong, but I think at the same age, Tom Brady may have had three Super Bowls. It took him, like, there, remember in the early 2000s, the the, yeah. the Patriots were it. And then they went through a drought. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then the final three hit towards the end of his time in New England. So keeping it going is going to be super hard. And Andy Reed is not young. He's in his, I think he's 65 years old.
1: Did you watch the interview with him where he was in shorts with the lady? I think it was, he was either speaking with a lady. Reporter. <laughs> the I'm idea like, of him in shorts, dude, his legs look terrible. He's like, Oh, I feel great. I feel great. And I'm looking at his legs and I'm like, bro, your legs are like bruised and like that diabetic look, yeah. whatever. It was yeah. terrible. And I'm like, man, I know you feel great, but your body is saying a whole nother thing when you're wearing shorts, bro. That's not good.
0: <laughs> My mind's telling me, no, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but my body. Right. just flip it around the exact opposite exactly yeah no but i i tell you that it's it's fun to watch i the whole time you're watching that game and everything that we've ever been told about the chiefs all year long is that their offense is just not any good you could see that so well oh yeah you could see that their offense was just not doing well at all but when it mattered when it mattered the most somehow guys made plays who did patrick Mahomes go to when he needed him Kelsey. Nicole Hardman. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. But I, I remember making the joke of like, Nicole Hardman hasn't done anything in three years. And in this game, he made two huge plays. Okay. So flip the script. If Niners win, who
1: do you give the MVP to if McCaffrey doesn't score? Nick Bosa. Really? So you go defensive.
0: I go defensive. And it's not because Nick Bosa's stat line will amaze you. Nick Bosa was, he was the impediment to any time Patrick Mahomes wanted to go to his right. Nick Bosa was there. And I think I think he had a sack in the game. Yes. But he played such great end coverage. For Mahomes to play off schedule, which he loves to do, for any of you who don't know what off schedule means, it means once the initial play has broken down, once the initial routes have been run and nobody got open, now it's freestyle time. Let's go out, let's make a play, let's run around the backfield before we can find a guy that's been hanging out alone because of the cornerback of the safety lost coverage. That's what it is off schedule. And that's what Patrick Mahomes is elite at. He's got to be the best off schedule quarterback I've ever seen in my life. And Nick Bosa made that almost impossible for him to do it. Okay. Over the guy that threw a touchdown, threw a touchdown pass touchdown. to
1: him and caught a touchdown. Dude, Jennings had a game, I and he had a bunch of other catches. Oh, like he, I'm like, I, how do you I agree? I, here's agree. the deal. If McCaffrey scores two touchdowns, you give it to him. Yep, yep. You don't give it to Bosa. So why are we not giving it? This guy didn't do, He's
0: a receiver that threw a touchdown. Threw a touchdown. The mm-hmm. last time that happened when Antoine the quarterback was throwing to who? To Heinz Ward and no. in the 2000. No, oh, are no, you talking again. about the last time somebody had a passing touchdown and that wasn't a quarterback?
1: Touchdown? No, that wasn't a quarterback who had a passing touchdown in the Super Bowl. That wasn't a quarterback. Oh, it was Antoine Randall L. No, who was it? The guy that threw the ball to Nick falls for the Philly special. Oh, you're right. That was you're more right. recent, right? Yeah. More recent, but still, how do you not give that guy the MVP? Just because? Oh, he it was d- the tight end from the UCLA. What was that guy's name? I don't remember. Crabbers. They oh, said his name in the game, but I couldn't. Yeah. Remember. But either way, how do you not give it to that dude? Like I know you want to give it to these big names, but this guy threw a touchdown and caught one in his Super Bowl. I know. know. And he's a nobody. My
0: my reason for feeling that way about Nick Bosa is because generally a defensive player that plays his role perfectly and doesn't have an amazing stat line, never gets any recognition whatsoever. I agree.
1: And Bosa deservedly would... I mean, no one would argue about
0: it. He played... But you're right. Jennings had himself a game. He showed up today. You know and, what I mean? And There's, he had one of those games with a stat line that you never expect to see out of a wide receiver. Nope. You don't expect him to throw, yeah, throw a passing touchdown. One. Yeah. No. I mean, his his overall receiving yards were not amazing. I don't think
1: they were... I don't think he broke 100.
0: No, I, I don't think he beat... I don't think he broke 50. Yeah, I don't know. I think he had four for 42. But he was... Pete threw for a touchdown, but he did it when it mattered most. There's yeah, no doubt about that, dude. But I, I mean, that was a heck of a game. That really was. I I said to the guy sitting next to me, when I look back at the games that were super boring, the 40, the the uh, the Rams Patriots last Super Bowl, so yeah. boring. And I'm watching we're sitting there, and the the total score was the same. It was ten to six. The Rams. Um, Patriots' final score was thirteen to three. So total points had been scored the exact same amount. And I turned him like, why is this game so much more exciting than that game was? <laughs> it was. It really was. It was a good game. No, it was a great game.
1: You can't ask for a better Super Bowl. And unfortunately, I think the Niners were a better team. They are. The they just team. didn't. Win today.
0: I know this is a time where you could say, you know, scoreboard, and that kind of ends the argument, but no one is going to convince me that the 49ers did not have the better team than the Kansas City Chiefs. The one difference is, like I said last time, the one difference is you're going up against Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. Well, and, you know, Patrick Mahomes didn't even stutter when he.
1: Through a pick he's like okay i'll just come yep. back out and play again yep if purdy throws that pick two years in you never know how they if they tank or not but purdy played really well i uh, yeah you purdy's not mad. the reason
0: why they lost no game. not even close and again I, I i there's not a single guy i could look at and no. say the one the one was the um punt return uh oh. pro, the, the the protection the uh, one that, pound, hit yeah, that hit his ankle number 28 yeah. I his name. and ray, ray mcleod may not have been yelling the you now peter so if you're a punt returner And if you're not going to catch the punt, you're taught from the age of 10. You start screaming, Peter, 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 which means to everybody on your side of the punt return, get out, get out of the way. The punt's going to be on the ground. And if that punt touches you, the other team can jump on it, which is exactly what happened. And then he just said, he tried to pick it up instead of just falling on it. And that was... Yeah. A terrible mistake. Yeah. And that, that's the one true mistake that was made in this game. I mean, you, you pointed out uh, Patrick Mahomes' interception. That led to nothing. Nothing yeah, happened to that. Both fumbles, nothing happened of those fumbles that were lost. The one actual, the one turnover that made a difference was that muffed punt that the, the Chiefs were able to score on. Outside of that, like you look at the game and it's like everybody did their
1: job. Well, one of those fumbles, they got three points on the first three points came from that fumble down in the red zone by Pacheco. Oh, did it? Yeah, I'm pretty. sure. Because
0: I remember seeing the stat line that there was zero points off for of turnovers except for the seven scored by the Chiefs.
1: I'm mm. uh, almost positive they did. on like their second possession. I think he did. Either way, it doesn't matter. I understand what you're saying. It's, yeah, the,
0: the point it's, being it's made. A
1: great. They, everybody played really everybody well. Played it real came well. down to one mishap, if you will, that mm-hmm. kind of changed the whole momentum of that game. Cause that was yes. a 50, 60
0: yard punt, which now became a completion. Yeah. And now they're back in the red zone. The, and like, you know, the fact that the chiefs were in that game, one score down at halftime blew my mind because I kept thinking there's no way the 49ers were dominating that game. Yeah. They were dominating that game and they only scored 10 points in the first half. And, and I, I just think that right there, your inability to capitalize when you are truly the better team in it's in situations like the first half we talked, were you the one that made the point that if the 49ers come in to the game, like the way that they did against the Packers and the yeah. lions, I mean, they, yes, technically they were leading, but that's exactly how they came into that game. They came into it's like cold. Yeah. And the worst part about it, the 49ers have every quarter, a guy was dropping out. Dre Green, Greenlaw, one of their best oh. linebackers, just by getting onto the field, Cares Achilles, just jumping up and down on the sidelines, just kind of pumping himself. Just getting up. amped just up terrible. to get out there, and oh, that goes. So he goes down. Their starting left, right guard goes down. Yeah, I saw that. um, You know, George Kittle and Debo Samuel both had to come out for a okay. little. I don't know time. what
1: they gave Debo Samuel, but they did something because I couldn't he, believe he came back in. He came back in, and not only that, he was running the ball. He was catching the ball. Like, Didn't look like he had anything that happened know, to him. I'm like, and when
0: he grabbed his hamstring, I'm like, gone. He's done. And I'm like, what? did I want to know because I want some of it. Whatever <laughs> it is, I just want some. I'm like, holy cow
1: man. as uh
0: as our boy Ray, uh ron wolfley from arizona sports 98.7 fm likes to always say the blue juice yeah he something. gave him the blue juice whatever that is i want some <laughs> oh man that was fantastic that was just fantastic i i really was very happy with the super bowl the result now we're looking at a, a true dynasty a true dynasty in the kansas city chiefs they've got three super bowl wins um and four attempts right yep yeah so three and four chances um, Patrick Mahomes has a real chance to go down as the greatest quarterback of all time. Andy Reid's now throw his hat in the ring as the greatest coach of all time. Now, he's he's got a ways to go to catch up in the Super Bowl um, position, or, you know, the Super Bowl win tally, oh, yeah. uh, Bill Belichick. But the thing that the difference between Belichick and Andy Reid is the icky stuff doesn't follow Andy Reid you Know the deflate gate doesn't oh, follow, yeah. He doesn't me. have like an asterisk next to anything. he doesn't have any of those um scandals that Bill Belichick found himself a part of. How much he had to do with it, that's up for debate, right? But you know, there was deflate gate, there was the filming of practices, oh, yeah, back in the So, I mean, Bill Belichick's got those things in his history that people are kind of like, yeah, competitive, I don't really but like, and he didn't have nothing, and he didn't have any of that, and no. so yeah. now he, I mean, he. Did wonders in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, he was there for what, from ninety
1: nine, two thousand twelve. I think. Yeah, he was great. Played, you know, he was great. He won AP Coach of the Year, I think, in two thousand two.
0: Like, yep. he, I mean, he played really well, for, or he coached really well for them. Coach very well. Donovan McNabb was a household name when he was there, and oh, yeah. and you know, he went to a Super Bowl. They lost it, but they were there. And then you know, here we go. And now he's done three with Patrick Mahomes, and, and not only that, but the one year he had Alex Smith, they were really good. Ugh, I just wish they wouldn't have won. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's says when you say you're th- That's I'm crazy. Just thinking about it. you were talking like, about how much you hate the 49 I know.
1: I don't. I don't want the Niners to win. I just you can't help but root for a team when they're that good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when you and that game was just. I mean, as a football fan. I don't care who you like like i said you should that was a game of games i thought for a minute it was going to end 10 to 9 yeah like it just didn't look like it was going to go nowhere and the nine is gonna hold then they missed that pat and it's like oh no dude. they you opened just, the door open
0: the door for you gave a little bit of
1: light yep. to patrick
0: and he was like i'm in yep because now in. instead of being that four and three discrepancy now it's just a field goal
1: yeah and imagine they don't go into overtime maybe they don't score they just score touch. there's just so much that
0: changes yep. by this one blocked field goal hmm uh, yeah. And, and how close were they to blocking the Harrison Bucker field goal? Uh, I mean, it went through the smallest of triangles you could possibly imagine escaping those guys outstretched arms. It was a line drive as low as you could kick it. I mean, it was, it's just like you said, it's a great game. Yeah. I, I, I was rooting for the chiefs, but truthfully, the way that the 49ers are constructed is a dream team to me. That's it's, exactly the it's way, it's way I want to, to construct den- a team. It's hard to deny them. for. sure. And so I would have been fine if the, if the 49ers would have won the game. I was rooting for the Chiefs, but it was one of those things where like, hey, like you said, I don't have a real dog in this fight this is just a good game. Yeah, that's, that's all, all you, you can want.
1: ask for too. As a fan of football and not any fan of the people in the game, you just want a good game and we got it. We, we all got it. our money's
0: worth and we got overtime and we got overtime, almost yeah. a double overtime. You know, almost, I mean, yeah. it was, That was fantastic. And you know what, for all you Taylor Swift haters out there, she was barely a part of the broadcast. So you can just chill. I was stoked to see Blake lively every time she popped up. So I got what I wanted out of this game. Yeah, she, hey, what about that halftime show? dude? Okay. I got to tell you this. I gotta tell you this. <laughs> dude, we're watching the halftime show. And my son, my seven year old son, goes, I got hold on. I wrote it down. I gotta read it to you. This is exactly what he says. He says, Wow, dad, those girls are really good at climbing those poles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the
1: innocence, dude. I the innocent
0: <laughs> so dead serious. He was like
1: <laughs> so, what was your response i just i didn't say a thing what was your wife's response
0: my wife wasn't even watching the game oh, she geez. wasn't yeah she wasn't even watching any of it but dude i was trying so hard not to laugh oh i would have laughed hard. i looked at my cousin who's watching the game with me and he's doubled over trying his hardest not to laugh because i don't want to bring attention to him right. right but my son does when when usher pulled his shirt off he's like Why would he do that just to show his abs? And I'm like, son, if you got that, you're going to rip your shirt off too. Oh yeah, all the girls at the
1: house I was at. uh, Absolutely. That's what they were waiting for. The show came on. They were, I mean, and you know, he hit all those songs that we all know right oh, yeah. like our age knows yes. i don't i don't care what anybody says this is that was a phenomenal halftime show agree when, when 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 ludicrous came out oh, you know everybody dude. was like let's go dude, my thing was when
0: little john when they put to little john in the crowd crowd surfing oh. i was like oh yes dude, it's just it felt like i was back in like 2004 like yeah. let's go yes dude. dude that was fantastic i, I really did I, I thought that was a good show i mean it's one of those things where i could totally see a lot of people hating it because it was like i said my my son noticed the pole dancers you know and he's seven years old that's one of those things where it's like okay you know are we are we pushing the envelope a little too much for a national broadcast maybe I don't know I'm not the morality police I'm not going to be that guy if you don't want to watch it you can easily just shut right, it we off we talked about that you right know? but it is one of those things where I'm like outside of that like I, I loved it you know, oh, Usher yeah. sounded great. Ludacris sounded great. Alicia Keys sounded, Key sounded great. And I don't know this because I don't know anything about modern music. But I could have sworn that that girl that came out to the guitar solo was that her? H e r I think that's oh, the, that's her artist name that was the one guest person I did not know and I'm almost positive that's who that was. I don't know. Alicia Keys, dude, she is she the right kind of thick too, oh, dude. Yeah. She oh. is thick in the
1: right places. Like she is beautiful. And, and she's gotta be older. I don't even know how old she is. You guys, I am giving him the biggest yes, head nods. Yes, dude. I mean she just when she got up from that
0: piano oh, oh, yes. and stood up. I was like let's go dude. Like that's just man. Dude I I could not agree more. Uh, My thoughts were right with you on that one, dude. She was she was great it was great to see her like I said Ludacris Little John, Usher
1: for all the girls that flipped out when Usher took his shirt off all of us dudes when Alicia Keys got out on that, that piano, bench yep. I was like yeah buddy this just <laughs> made it
0: all better absolutely man absolutely that, baby, where I'm talking about some production, huh? We got some real production here. Oh, is this a a new idea now? (laughs) Well, okay, so we just got done talking about, you know, the Super Bowl. But a lot of things happened this past week in the football world, right? Yes. So all the uh, nominee or nominations came out. Mm-hmm. So the post the post NFL award winner. So I felt like, you know what? This is a good opportunity for me to be able to go at the NFL on Fox theme. Cause <laughs> in my opinion, it's the best NFL theme on oh, any yeah. of the networks. Oh yeah, I would agree. So, you know, I just thought like, Hey, you know what? We got the <laughs> technology now. Let's do it. Let's, Let's have a it, button maybe. for that. So, um, first off, was there any, any surprise at all about the MVP winner?
1: Um, you know what actually was more surprising was Dak Prescott got number two. Oh, I didn't even see that. I read that. I read that and I didn't verify it. I was just reading, but it was from some nude source or whatever, but it said that the count with Dak Prescott had had, got number two in the votes, which I was surprised because you got McCaffrey in the talk here and he's in the Super Bowl. but no, Lamar Jackson, we talked about this. You're not, You you can't say no to him. Yeah, he's the MVP. He was the sleepier, the sleepy giant the whole entire time. Nobody Mm -hmm. even paid attention to him. And he just put up numbers, put up and put up, put up. And unfortunately, he did get beat
0: by the now Super Bowl champion. So, yeah, I mean, that is what it is. Ultimately, that's what people are going to go back on. And they're going to they're not going to talk a whole lot about the Ravens failures. What they're going to talk about are the Chiefs successes. And again, during the regular season, there was no more consistent quarterback or player well, I was Christian McCaffrey, but there was no more consistent player out there doing what he needed to do to get his team to win than the guy that got his team, the number one overall seed in the AFC. And that was Lamar Jackson. I want to rewind to this past off season. Remember when he was, um, he was essentially a free agent. The Baltimore Ravens couldn't come to a contract extension with him. So what they did is they put the, what they call the transition tag on him. Meaning anybody in the NFL can go and offer this guy a contract. Anybody can come to him and say, Hey, you know, we've got money. We want to sign to this money. The one caveat is they would have to give up a first round draft pick to the Ravens. If Lamar Jackson agrees to the signing or if the Ravens decide not to match the deal. Okay. And nobody did. Of course not. Nobody did it.
1: It's surprising because they all thought he wasn't good. They, I mean, since he's been coming out, they didn't think he was a
0: good, no, he did never thought, make it
1: in the NFL. He's honest, a runner. He's, he's a receiver. Yeah. He's not
0: a quarterback. He gets no respect. For he gets none. And look at this guy, two MVPs, two MVPs. And he just finished his fifth, sixth year in the league. Yeah. He's still young. That's too. crazy. I mean, the only guy that I'd say has had more success early in his career is the guy we just got done talking about Patrick Mahomes. Like that's yeah. that's some serious success there. So Lamar Jackson, good on you. You deserved it and you know, when I was asking if there are any snubs, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it, I mean we kind of knew that going in That Yeah. I mean, snubs come at the defensive player of the
1: year stuff, or we can talk about that if that gets into there, because I can't remember. I mean, I know Micah Parsons didn't win and that to me was super surprising just based on the fact that he's had a heck of a year. He ran that whole team, did everything he was going to, you know, needed to do on that defense. Yes, he, they, at the end there, they kind of put him in some bad positions, but that's Dan Quinn. That's not, that's not him doing it, but I was surprised he didn't get it just based off of the influence he has i mean they stopped call, they stopped calling holding penalties on him like they had to make a big deal out of that over news broadcast because he wasn't getting the calls because they weren't reading it right or the refs were just kind of not calling it because a guy that fast can change such the dynamic of the game yeah they're not used to it he is he's the one of the fastest down
0: linemen no, or linebackers is. in the league hands down yeah he absolutely is i remember when the nfl when that draft was happening i remember telling my buddy who, who he's his name's um his name's Eric you know, good name, good, strong name there. I remember telling him he's a huge uh, Cowboys fan. When that pick was happening, I told him, I said, you got the best player in the draft. And I said that thinking it not having a whole lot of real information back behind it, other than knowing what an athletic freak he was and how many positions he could play on your defense. But I had no idea he'd be this good. I had no idea. He's really good. But having said that, are we really going to be angry that miles garrett didn't no, win i mean no, he, he won defensive player of the year and i think he earned it the other player that i feel like should have well probably could have went one if he didn't get hurt was tj watt oh, tj yeah. watt was the reason why the Steelers were in at all in any kind of comp you know a, yeah. um what's one other competition the whole season they were in contention all the way to the end for the playoffs with no offense and i mean no nothing like, who's their quarterback yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. can't name him without thinking about it or looking it up. You, we, I mean, I can't, I'm not a Steeler fan. I'm sure there's some people out there that can. No, but. you can't. But the problem is, is he got hurt, right? Mm-hmm. The guy from Pittsburgh. So he got hurt. He didn't finish the season and they ended up finishing the season with Mason Rudolph, the backup to the backup because the backup got hurt. (laughs) And so it's just, I mean, it was one of those things where they, they don't have any offense to speak of. And the fact that that defense was where they were all the way up until the end was because TJ Watt was playing out of his mind and then he got hurt and they don't make the playoffs. But, but what's weird is, why Here's not? one other guy that I want to say that I think actually probably should have won defensive player of the year. Not because he actually was the greatest defensive player, but because he had one of the most unreal runs. And I say run meaning string of games. Deron Bland. Oh, yeah. How He had six pick sixes
1: yeah and they don't even like he gets I, I don't know like how that's never happened before no. we talk, never happened in the entire NFL's era since the 60s and you're going to tell me now that oh man you're not going to give it to a guy that went six and uh, for a uh, six picks it's out of control and not only were they just picks it's they were touchdowns like can we just like why are we not helping him out here and what do you and he's a rookie I think too yeah I'm pretty sure he is a rookie it's his yeah he's a rookie and he comes in and just dominates at the corner position and he's only only playing that position because Trayvon Diggs gets hurt yeah in in practice in, in the summer league or whatever they do right so he comes in as a rookie nobody knows who he is and they're like we're gonna throw at him and he's like no I'm gonna make you pay dude and he gets snubbed completely
0: for it to me that was just unreal I mean there are many many number one wide receivers in the league that did not have six touchdown receiving yeah. like six touchdowns he had six pick sixes that, that to me is like you said that's an un- to have six interceptors. Just six interceptions right. in a season. No, agreed. That's all pro level. You are really doing something right if you're getting six picks. And then the house, six of them, that I wanted to give him a shout because that was that was unreal. It's, yeah, and he again gets
1: nothing for it, and yeah. he's a rookie. He, I don't even think he got rookie of the year for it. He didn't get nothing. Like, Are you sure he's? I
0: think this is his second year, but I think this is his first year starting. No, You'll I have I don't, to look I'll that one. To, up. I'll have
1: to look to make yeah. sure, but it's either it's one of the two for sure, if not both. Like it's going to be his first time starting if he's a rookie, obviously. Yeah. But
0: I, I'm pretty sure because the only reason he's playing is because Trayvon Diggs. He would not just been hurt. sitting the bench. Yeah, but you know the comeback player of the year was Joe Flacco, which I would like Bro. to read Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco's Dude. own quote was. <laughs> What am I the comeback player of the year of being old? Yeah right That but, was his dude. He was play, he was sitting on his mom's couch watching football
1: and they were like, "Hey, do you want to come play football?" Uh, yeah, I think I can still throw and Let's it, go ahead And
0: he just blows it up for the ramp. But his point was it should have been Demar Hamlin, the guy that played the, you know the safety for the bills yeah. who literally died on the NFL field last season, not this last past season, but the season before. He literally died. It was revived. Yes. He was revived on the field by the paramedics and, you know, and lived. And he came back, not just to play again, but, you know, to start a game. Now, he didn't have as great a season, but, you know, DeMar Hamlin wasn't exactly an all pro when he was playing beforehand. He kind of got put into that spot because of um, injury. But, you know, Joe Flacco, comeback player of the year, um, offensive player of the year, which to me is you know, that really is the MVP. Yeah. That's the real actually. Yeah. That's the real MVP. And that was Christian McCaffrey. And so I, I think one, I think it's a dumb award. The only reason why that award exists is to give an award to the actual MVP of the, the league, that's not the quarterback. I think it's a stupid award. But whatever. Well, it is what it is. Chris McCaffrey can throw that on his shelf yeah, now. Yeah, and Deron Blatt is his second year. He was a part of the 2022 draft. There you go.
1: Pick number 167.
0: So, Oh, so what? Fifth? Fifth round? Yeah, something that's, like that. like yeah. That. Yeah, that's long still late, there.
1: But still, to come in off the <laughs> bench, never played, and you're like, hey, our guy went down, you're up. It's kind of like that old Check thing, right? Next man up. Next, next man up. Next man up. Let's go. <laughs> he and he was, was like, all right, cool. Let's go. Man, his
0: up to a massive contract when the time comes oh for sure all he's got to do is this all he's got to do is this next year get hurt not play at all <laughs> that way he can't lessen his stock and then the next season the final season was rookie contract come and say hey i want an extension and look what i did two years ago that injury I had last year was a fluke let's do this yeah right, that's how, about, how he's got to parlay it speaking of extensions and stuff what do you do for brock purdy well, I mean, with Brock Purdy, I would very I very confidently call him a franchise quarterback. I do. I look at him and say he's the guy. He's the 49ers guy and there's no need for them to go for a out. while, yeah. Yeah. He's got two more seasons He's got two more seasons under his rookie contract. Being he's the, making nothing, nothing. It is
1: so sad, almost like just because of what he's bringing into now. I know he's getting sponsorship, all that, and he's going to get even more now, yes, right? Absolutely. But, but still, like when you look at the fact that he, what he's making versus what the other guy on the other side was making, mm-hmm. and I know Mahomes is established and I'll give him all that, but In even his ten-year, five hundred million-dollar contract. But even then, like you, this guy's making under a million dollars a year. He made eight hundred seventy-nine thousand, I think it was this year. That's $45,000 a game. And Patrick Mahomes is making 60, whatever, a pass attempt. attempt. It's it's just not, it's like, at what point do you say, okay,
0: look, we know it's a rookie contract, but can we go in and renegotiate that? No, I'll tell you this right now what the 49ers are saying, we're riding this to the end. We are riding this, we're riding this contract because we are the ones that picked him. We're going to ride it all the way to the end. And when the time comes for us to renegotiate, you know what we're going to do? We're going to talk about all the things he can't do. Oh, <laughs> we're to, that's what they are going to do with the agent. Because that's
1: negotiation. That's what yeah, you do. Yeah, I know. But it's still, you just, you feel for a guy whose family can't even afford a suite at the Super Bowl, but and he can't even afford to get playing. one for him. <laughs> yeah. He can't, you know, he, yeah, he can't afford nothing like that. While and he's Patrick out there Behold's playing. His wife is sitting in there with the owner suite. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it, it'll
0: happen for him. It just takes time. It absolutely still. should. I mean, he, he should definitely be getting paid more money than Jimmy Garoppolo ever got from the 49ers and Jimmy got paid by the 49ers. It'll be hard. If he has another successful season next year yep. where they, if they make the playoffs dude you can't deny that you know honestly with the way that team is structured i don't know how many guys are coming off the books i know chase young is potentially coming off the books um but there's not many guys that they have as free agents that are coming off and there's no reason to believe that they won't be right back there in the playoffs because they are they are the deepest team in the nfl they had guys dropping left and right tonight and you would not have even known it because they were still right there at the end yeah stepping right up Going back to more of the um, the postseason awards, offensive rookie of the year, everybody knows it was C.J. Stroud. Oh yeah, and you can't deny that. Cannot deny it. But I want to give a real strong (coughs) recognition to Puka Nakua, Uh, the pride of BYU. So pride of BYU, man, that guy was legit this past season for the Rams. Yeah. Amazing player for the Rams. Yeah. For that kind of kid. Absolutely. And so here's a question I got for you. And I, it just, it just hit me as I said that, how many guys do you think are really that great a receiver or just because Matthew Stafford's got a way of boosting a receiver's stats? Like Megatron, everybody knows Charles, uh, Charles Johnson, Calvin, Calvin. I don't want to say Charles, Charles because was the running Cal- back for the, yeah. the, the chiefs. Calvin, back in the day. Johnson. Calvin Johnson was the most physically gifted wide receiver to ever play the game. Huge body, crazy fast, Just great unreal. hands, unbelievable vertical. Yeah. Physically unmatched. They called him Megatron for a reason. <laughs> yeah, because he was a freaking transformer. They don't just call anybody that, dude. No. Like that's that's him. No, Megatron was amazing. So those years that Matthew Stafford was thrown to him, nobody questioned that it was because Calvin Johnson really was that great. But now he goes to the L.A. and he's done that with two guys two guys that that nobody outside of the Rams even knew their name. Nobody knew who Cooper cup was coming out of Eastern Washington and nobody knew who Puka Nakua was coming out of BYU. Both those guys were, I think Cooper cup was a third round pick and Uh, I don't even know Puka, I think was a fifth or sixth. So they get (laughs) these guys, that are you know fantastic putting up numbers like none other is that because of matthew stafford's ability to latch onto a guy and and bring him along or is it because those guys are really are that good Uh, i think it's a little bit of both i think
1: that those guys have to be somewhat pretty good but i think matthew probably brings him in and says hey let's work i I mean i gotta imagine their off season and stuff like if i was to go into the nfl as a tight end or whatever right and i'm I'm a rookie what i would have done is i would have latched onto that quarterback and be like hey look Every free moment you have, I want to throw after practice an extra 30 hour. Yeah. I don't care if he's going to say no, because right now I may not be the starter, but I'm going to be, and I want you to rely on me. Yeah. And that's what maybe they're, maybe they've done that. Maybe they spent the extra time with him and said, Hey, look, and what else are you doing? You're that's your job. Yeah. Sure so when the way. tight end comes, when when Nakua comes and says, "Hey, I want to throw some extra balls. I want you to throw them to me." So you trust me? What? do you No, nah, man. I'm good. Like I'm a veteran. You're not. Like you go go with the backup. No. Like hey, the kid wants in. What else are you doing on your? That is your job. You should be throwing a football. So I think it's a matter of both. But I do think Matthew Stafford has a gift for all that, and then maybe he's doing something that quarterbacks don't
0: do more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would something. say I I do say that I think Matthew Stafford has he, he is an underrated quarterback in the league, and he is really good at finding the guy that's going to make the offense run and not being afraid of throwing it to that guy. He's not afraid. He's got that Brett Favre in him where yeah. he's like, he's got the strongest arm in the league. Possibly. I don't know if it still is the case, but when he came in, he definitely had the strongest arm as a rookie. And that was his reputation for a long time where he's just like, you know what? That's my guy. I'm going to live and die. If he's going to catch it, we're going to win. If not, I shot my shot. Right. And I, I, I like that in a quarterback. Cause how many times as a Cardinals fan were you yelling and screaming just throw it to larry right, right. like it doesn't matter who else is on the field if you've got no other chance just throw it to larry give him a shot like it, you live and die by a hall of famer like he, he, it's either him or it's nobody because nobody else. I mean, outside of Anquan Bolden back in the day Ugh. and Steve Breston back in the day. Yeah. But like, once those guys were gone, Hey, just give Larry the chance. Yep. He, he Make it live or you live or die with him. And if you die, you die. You know that. So I look at Matthew Stafford and I, I really appreciate that. Cause that's what I want in my quarterback to be like, Hey, you know what? This is my guy. I'm going to make it work. I love spreading the ball around. I like to see it, you know, happens everywhere, but on you know, third and nine, who are you going to throw the ball to? Go to the guy that you know is going to make it happen. Well, it's kind of like why Travis Kelsey got mad today in the first half, right? He was
1: mad because, again, you're inside the 10, and you have a Hall of Famer, a future Hall of Famer that's like, give me the ball, and you give it to Pacheco, which I know he's been a solid guy, but... I like my odds with Kelsey over Pacheco. And in overtime, guess
0: who brought them all the way down inside the 10 yard line when they needed it?
1: Yep. Travis yeah. Kelsey. And he was open on that pass. And he could have easily caught the touchdown, but it, there was a guy more open and Patrick made the right read. Yeah.
0: I remember saying, right, maybe two or three plays before that to a guy watching me like, does it seem like Travis Kelsey has been slow? <laughs> yeah, like, all of a sudden, then he well, takes off running and you're like, yeah, no way that, but laid out the guy that tried to lay him out. And that guy's out of the game. Yep. They're starting the game, safety. save. Yep. All right. Defensive player of the year. Defensive rookie of the year was this a Cardinals mistake by not drafting Will Anderson out of Alabama? Because that guy just wrapped up that award. Defensive Cardinals, of the all year. they
1: do is make mistakes. Cardinals are all about the mistakes due to draft. I mean, <laughs> yeah. what was the last great draft pick they had? Larry Fitzgerald. I be, I mean, I'm sure there's more. I'm obviously. Matthew. Yeah, but it's like, they always mess it up. They always go for a name or a show instead of going for the guy that they need. And that's, why
0: I could never be a full Cardinal fan. (laughs) That's one of the uh, heartbreaking facts about being a full-time Cardinal fan. I will say this. I don't think that they made the mistake. Although in real time, I was furious that they traded out because I thought Will Anderson had a chance to go down as one of those all-time great defenders. But looking at where they're at now, where they've got... They've got a solid offensive tackle out of it. Paris Johnson played a great year. He didn't miss a single snap his rookie season, right? EJ Humphreys just tore his ACL. So guess where Paris Johnson's going? He's going to the left side. Yeah. And now we've got two first round draft picks. Now, was the second one where we hoped? No, because the Texans were way better than anybody thought. Will Anderson and CJ Stroud were both freaking amazing. By the way, they both won rookies of the year on the same team on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, which is pretty, pretty freaking cool when you think about it so you've got that and now we've got two first round draft picks. one that we hoped would be in the top 10 but it's actually in the mid to late 20s I'll take it but and will Anderson, it. good on you dude <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. coach of the year should it have been Kevin Stefanski of the Browns because I'll tell you this right now while that was an amazing coaching job by him the fact that they went all the way to the playoffs they got stomped by the Texans and D'Amico Ryans was a rookie head coach doing it with a rookie With a rookie starting quarterback. And again, a rookie on the other offensive side. He had two rookies win the offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year. He should have been the coach of the year because nobody, nobody saw the Texas in doing what they did this year. No, I agree. But no, I think it was just the way the Browns have always been
1: the Browns. Yeah. And then they had a season was kind of beaten up a little bit. The whole Deshaun Watson thing. You don't know what's going yeah. on. And then, you know, you bring a guy in literally off a couch and he balls out. It's
0: like, I mean, I don't know if it had anything to do with the coach, but it makes the coach look good. Like, yeah. But the other thing is, is everybody was talking about all season long about how the Browns and the Cowboys had the best defenses in years. So how'd that so work out for us? Terrible. For both teams. <laughs> terrible. Exits. <terrible. laughs> Gosh (laughs) dang it. But the thing is, is I look at that and say like, okay, it's not like he was playing with an empty deck. Nobody. And again, nobody expected the Texans to compete, let alone actually make it to the second round of the playoffs nobody no, saw that not coming. even close and so i think d'amico ryan's got he shafted
1: did. um i'm sure he did but you know what he'll probably get it again if they can do it again they'll look at it but it's just not i think they just gave it to the browns to give them something they need hope those brown fans are dude <laughs> i have a buddy he listens. i think he listens sometimes so jason if you're listening oh, i I'm, know we're taught we're kind of ripping at your heart right now i'm, I'm so he's sorry like the only you. browns fan i know that lives in arizona and he's a diehard dude oh
0: like just pure, just, I feel bad for him all the time. Dude, that really is a rough fan. That's a rough team to be a fan of because I mean, I joke that the Cardinals are a hard team. We've at least been to the playoffs recently and actually had some playoff success in my lifetime. That has not been true of the Cleveland Browns. No, not even at all. Not even at all. Like Nothing. you said, <laughs> not nope. even at all. Nothing. But nope. I think in my lifetime, I think that they've won one playoff game. And that was with Baker Mayfield, who they immediately jettisoned out of Cleveland, who then went down to Tampa Well, after two stops in you know Carolina and all L.A. All over, all over. Yeah, yeah. It, it, but then won a playoff game in Tampa with a really, really mediocre team. So I'm sorry for you, Cleveland fans. That's a that's harsh, man. All right. Well, no, we're going to talk about. I'm looking at the notes. I want to make sure we talk about that
1: other stuff here. But oh, we later. Yeah, we'll get. We will. We will. will. Just stay on this train right now. Yeah.
0: So the the um, last bit, and I say last bit. This is actually a whole lot. I I warned Jason. I went. Full yeah. on nerd. Full on. You went nerd. full retard. You're not supposed to go full <laughs> retard. Fantastic. <laughs> Tropic thunder Tropic reference. Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> but I went. I went full nerd on this one, guys, because I really did. I, I had some things to say about this one. Okay, so 2024 NFL Hall of Fame class. There's a couple of players in here that were to me. Absolutely, Two guys, I don't have any idea who they are because they're part of what they call the senior class. They're basically guys that have played a long time ago, didn't get any recognition, and so they have a a committee to go forward and say, all right, who are these old players that should have got recognition, didn't get it, and they're getting it now. Those guys are Steve McMichael and Randy Gratishar. I can't even spell, I don't even know how to pronounce Gratishar. He played for the Broncos in the 70s and 80s, and this other guy, Steve McMichael, played for the Patriots, Bears, and Packers from 1980-94. I don't know anything about those guys, but... Julius Peppers was a first ballot Hall of Famer. Now, he was a baller, dude. I was going to ask you because, in my memory, was he a Hall of Famer? Yes. Was he a
1: first ballot Hall of Famer? I don't know, dude. Like, when you, if you think, cause he played the, the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. And he played alongside the Cowboy guy. What was his name? Hit a mustache. Long Allen. He played along Allen for a little bit. Josh Allen. No, uh, it was Allen. No, Jared last, Allen. No, he played
0: for Jared, the, he played, he, for the
1: Vikings, he played for the Vikings. He played for the Vikings. But yeah. he also played, I'm pretty sure he played. No. He,
0: well, they played for the Bears. They played for the they Bears play together. together? On the that's Bears. what, and that's at the end re- of their career. So that's
1: where that, okay. So that's what I'm thinking at the end there. But it, when, when Julius Peppers was at Carolina,
0: dude, he was, Beast mode. No, that's like the thing he, is, I, I don't say that he's not. I know you just don't I, remember I, it. I th- no, but, but I think first ballot Hall of Famer needs to be an automatic no doubter. And so here's the Hall of Fame class of this 2024 season. Julius Peppers played the majority of his time with the Carolina Panthers. I don't think he's not All of Famer. I just don't know if that he's a first ballot. But And I'll explain that later. Next, Andre Johnson, a guy that, again, I think he plays his entire career for the Texans. He was a legitimately good wide receiver. Very good. Rarely had a quarterback that gave get him the ball. Oh, He's yeah. kind of in that Larry Fitzgerald mold of a guy that played for one organization his entire career and just he never was able to break through because of the talent throwing him the ball well, yeah, and where he was at. Exactly.
1: You know, there's, but, I mean, you could look at a lot of, a lot of players like that. in those yeah. key positions that are,
0: they get drafted high and they go to the worst team and mm-hmm. they don't make it. Yeah. And, and then just throughout the entirety of their career, that just goes to show how hard it is to make it happen. Even when you get a hall of fame player, it's so hard to actually have success because the league is just, it's just tough all around. Next, Devin Hester, He, to me, is a for sure Hall of Famer. Yep. The guy was, you could not kick him the ball on a kickoff or a punt. Electric. E-freaking electric. Yep. He was absolutely amazing. I have no qualms with Devin Hester getting it, even though he wasn't like a a shutdown cornerback or an amazing wide receiver, even though he tried to play both positions. As a return man, he was terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. Next to Deion Sanders. Yeah. As the most terrifying return man I've ever seen in my life. Definitely a close second with him for sure. Dwight Freeney, who Baller. played defensive end for the Colts. Fantastic player. He 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 is the like creator of the spin move. The amazing spin a move. As yes. guy. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, he, he finished his career with the Cardinals. And yep. I remember watching him up and close and personal with those Bruce Arians teams. And him being able to do that spin move was unbelievable. Yeah. Fantastic. He,
1: yeah, he's definitely deserving.
0: Patrick Willis on the list of probably the most dominating middle linebackers I've ever watched play him and Navarro Bar- Bowman when they played for the 49ers were terrifying terrifying middle linebackers they've done a really good job of finding linebackers they really the have. 49ers I mean they really have. now you know yeah they've yeah. got
1: I mean they, they do a pretty solid job of picking that play like, isn't it in funny the how
0: some organizations they just know how to do that they, with certain positions? with certain positions yeah, like they just somehow there are certain organizations out there that you they just know they're always going to have a defense like an amazing linebacker like the, i look at the steelers and think of the same thing they're always going to have an amazing edge linebacker yeah it, it, tj watt right now james harrison before him Ugh. greg lloyd before him i mean it just somehow well greg lloyd is a middle linebacker but uh, um, um not levon kirkland ah crap uh green shoot doesn't matter number 91 played for the 95 team that lost in the super bowl to the cowboys to who I said that to the okay, Cowboys. Okay, what sure was the last there. time the Cowboys want to play? It doesn't even matter. Okay, dude. okay, okay. Uh, oh, you had to go there. I'm,
1: not, <laughs> I'm Just you're in friendship timeout, bro. I'm not talking I'm to you. you right how many, how
0: many uh, Super Bowls <laughs> do the Steelers have? How many Super oh, Bowls oh, do the Cowboys have? Okay, okay, all right, all right. Just making uh, my points. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Okay, but, we're done. Like you. Said, going back, <laughs> going back. There are certain organizations. They just always have this one position, and somehow generations will go by and that will still be true and it's just weird i don't know how to explain that yeah and you talk about harrison that guy was unbelievable yeah like
1: you can't oh i just he's still he's a super strong old guy now
0: and he is still just unbelievable the thing that i was found most amazing by him is there was not a single thing about him physically that you would ever say this guy is going to be a dominant edge linebacker in the nfl not at all under six feet probably 240 250 pounds not enormous but you know a 511 250 pound outside linebacker that's not the fastest guy on the team that guy doesn't make a team and in fact james harrison was cut multiple times by multiple teams and by the steelers multiple times he just that guy that just said i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lay down And turned himself into an amazing outside guy. Just didn't give up. Didn't give up. All right. So that's your Hall of Fame class of 2024. So the reason why I say is Julius Peppers truly a first ballot Hall of Famer? Because Antonio Gates was not inducted to the Hall of Fame. That's terrible. If there was any... Any guy that I would look at and say a first a first ballot Hall of Famer, it was Antonio Gates. Of that, yeah, absolutely. Okay, here's going to run and down he some doesn't things make here. It. Run down some things here. Played sixteen years in the NFL. That in itself is an amazing feat. He was of the Hall of Fame All Two Thousands team, which meaning he was the best tight end of the two thousands. Three time was an All Pro. Two one thousand yard receiving seasons, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you consider tight end, that's a huge accomplishment. He had seven seasons in which he had over 800 receiving yards 11 seasons in which he had at least seven touchdown catches he is third all-time for receiving yards for a tight end he is first all-time for touchdowns receiving by a tight end and that is just the nerding that i did for him yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. a bunch of nerding on there. There's a whole bunch of it, and I, I have, I'm actually going to just go ahead and say this. Okay, when I talk about you know third all time of receiving yards of tight end, here is the list of other guys ahead of him. If you give me just one second while this loads up here, okay. One's got to be Tony Gonzalez. I believe so. I'm, no crap. Now I have to log in. Here I was already to talk about how amazing these stats are. And I gotta <laughs> log into my big account. Give me a second here. Go ahead and
1: riff for me while I do this. Well, I gotta. I'm trying. I'm gonna sit and try to think of the other ones because I, I know Tony Gonzalez is number one. He's got to be number one. I can't think of who else it would be. And Antonio Gates. So what's interesting about him is you know he wasn't a football player, right? He actually came out of college, I believe, playing basketball. Yeah, from junior college. Yeah. So and then they they recruited him because he just was an all out athlete. Like I almost wish they would have done that stuff with like a lebron james or something just to see what else they could have done because you know back back in the 90s you talk about these people who did crossover sports and jordan's infamous for being a basketball player a baseball player and a baseball player or Deion sanders did football and baseball right but we don't see that much anymore but it'd be cool to see like but antonio gates comes out and goes hey i played junior college and basketball but hey i'm tall i can jump i can
0: catch a football Let's see what we can do. And the Chargers take a risk and look what they did, number three on the list. Yeah, because the, the only reason why Antonio, well, not the only reason, but one of the big reasons why Antonio Gates was never going to make it in baseball is there's, I mean, basketball. There's not many six foot four power forwards out there that make it out of junior college. No. You're just not big enough to do he's it. He's not tall enough. Yeah, he's not tall enough. But guess what? A six foot four, 260 pound tight end with a 40 inch vertical. Now that yeah, we'll take we can it. work with. Yeah, we'll we take it. We can work with that. Okay, so again, number one, you were right, Tony Gonzalez. Guess who number two is? We talked about him last time. A very underrated guy. Who was an amazing tight end that doesn't get a lot of recognition, and I think he absolutely should. I, I mean, He's your boy, Witten, Jason
1: Witten. Yeah, I was gonna say that's why I'm like the only way I could go is because Witten was chasing Gonzalez for a while at the end there. Like you kind of knew that he was kind of had to had to get a few more yards or whatever it was. And I he, think he yeah, just didn't get
0: there. He was never gonna get yeah, there. I mean, he far. was he was you know, just over just over two thousand yards away from Tony Gonzalez. So, but that's one of those things where like you say like. Jason Witten was one of the most underrated tight ends, I think, Of all time, because nobody talks about him as being the greatest. No. And he's one of the best security blankets a quarterback could have had. Oh, yeah. He was the best at finding a window in a zone. He,
1: he, you know, that guy, he caught the ball on a play with Rick got his helmet ripped off and kept going. And these guys are flying at him, and he's got his helmet, no helmet on, no protection for his head at all. Mm -hmm. Like the guy loved And then he took his kid to win a state championship, just like two kids. It's just, he's a baller, dude. Yeah. I'm a big fan of him.
0: And you should be. He's one of those guys where he's like, I'll use Larry Fitzgerald as the example. He is unassailable. There's nothing negative to be said about him. And, and he represents he represents your 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 team in the best possible way. Yep. You can never be upset. With no him. negative light from a public life or
1: anything like that. Yep. If he didn't shoot himself in the leg, like Plaxico Burris, didn't want to, you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, totally forgot about Plaxico <laughs> you know Burris. I mean? like, there's no negative stuff yep. with him. He just played football and he kept his. Hey, I'm going to get paid really well. I'm going to do and I'm going to be the face of an organization yep. for a while.
0: Yep. So there was him, and then number four on this list, he's an active player. Travis Kelsey. Oh yeah. Kelsey. Number 4. And wait, what he, is Gronk on that list? Yeah, though Gronk didn't play as long as people nope, think. He didn't think play, yeah, he had a couple people of seasons. People like to think that he played a long time and he really didn't. The one, the problem with Gronk is he just he just got hurt so often and it was really to the point where if you saw him talk about being done, he I mean I remember watching him giving an interview when they asked him if he was really done and he just started to tear up. He's like, guys, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm done with being hurt. Yeah. Kind of like, when, I don't know if you ever read the article, I can't remember if it was ESPN or sports illustrated a big, a long interview with Andrew Luck. And it was the same question. Cause Andrew Luck retired early, big time concussions, right? Everything, all the injuries, all the injuries, shoulder, knee, I mean, everything. And he just, he's just like, I'm done. I'm done hurting. Like, I can't do it anymore. And that was the thing with Rob. He was just, he's just done. He was always hurting, always in rehab. His body never felt right. And so when he had that one year off, when he was, Done with Tampa. It was like no, he he's done, 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 done. And again, Rob, he is number six behind Shannon Sharp. And oh, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp was one of those guys. Denver Broncos, maybe. Yep. yep. But when you think about it, like Jason Witten played a long time for Antonio Gates to be just barely behind Witten by twelve hundred yards. He played two less seasons than Witten, mm. and so like that's why I say Antonio Gates. I feel shit if there was a first ballot hall of famer on the stub guys it's antonio gates that's why i look at julius peppers i'm like is julius peppers really is he really a first ballot hall of famer i think it's just because of the position
1: i guess like it has to be because like you don't think of a ton of like first ballot hall of famer like edge rushers or the kind of guy like that that position right like he made i mean you had people that weren't even carolina panther fans repping a peppers jersey yeah dude. that's like, true like he was a
0: big deal he, he was I just, I guess, I don't know. I, I've never been an Antonio Gates super fan. I definitely don't care about the Chargers. I just think that like of me being a Super Bowl, I mean, a football fan, a super football fan, my, I don't know, my whole life, I'll say, Antonio Gates is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, And I just, I want him to recognize it. Antonio, if you're listening. <laughs> yes, I'm just sure know, he is. I'm sure he I, is. We're given worldwide you your by this point. <laughs> yeah, we are, dude. All right. So then uh, a couple other guys that I feel like got snubbed. Jared Allen. We talked about him recently. Yeah. Played for the Vikings. 12 years in the league. He was the 2011 Sporting News Defensive Rookie of the Year which doesn't mean anything. It's not an official award. It's an old magazine that doesn't exist anymore. anymore. So, I mean, it doesn't mean anything, but Hey, that's one of his accolades. He was a four time all pro and he is 16th on the list of all time sacks, but he is sixth all time in tackles for loss, which is a pretty underrated stat. Pretty good. Yeah, that's a pretty underrated stat for a defensive end. Everybody talks about sacks, but tackles for loss are just as important, especially when you're talking about, you know, getting that guy behind the line and stalling a drive. Um, Fred Taylor, I put on the list. I don't really know that I really feel that way about Did him. Did he only play for Jacksonville? No, he played I for a couple like teams at he the end
1: for some other people.
0: Yeah. He plays from teams at the other end, but the majority of his yeah. this time was in Jacksonville. But the only reason why I put him on there, he's a running back that played for 13 years in the NFL, which is very impressive. Very, very impressive. He's 17th all time in rushing yards. And, uh, 41st all time rushing touchdowns but he played for Jacksonville so let's give him some credit here that's pretty impressive to have any touchdowns any when you've played stuff, with them yeah. all right next was uh, Rodney Harrison uh, mostly I remember him with the Patriots yep he played the majority of his career with the Chargers um, in the year. He was 15 years in the league. That is an accomplishment.
1: Well, he's a two-time Super Bowl guy. You know, he's an all-pro. Like, again, that, that, that surprised me. That's one of the names on the list I saw that surprises me just because I remember him from playing with the Patriots and being very instrumental
0: in their defense. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, number 21 all-time in solo tackles. That's when it is you and nobody else. You, <laughs> that's insane. That is. When you think about there's
1: 11 players on a team that play defense and then they you know, the math of that and that you're number 21.
0: Yeah, that's pretty crazy. All time solo tackles. Yeah. It's you and that guy and nobody else in the area and you've got to make the tackle. That's a big deal. And especially because he played safety. That isn't that is such an invaluable um, ability for your safety to make solo tackles. And then you remember the boy from the greatest show on turf. Torrey Holt. Torrey Holt, man. Back in those nineties, Rams late, yeah, late nineties or two thousand,
1: Isaac Bruce, right? Yeah, it was the two of them.
0: Yeah, and they were they were great. He played eleven years. He's also a part of the All two thousands Hall of Fame team. He won a Super Bowl. He was Kurt Warner, right? With Kurt Warner, baby. He was going for a back to back, but um, who the Patriots beat him, so they didn't get their back to back Super Bowl. That's start of the Patriots run. Sixteenth all time in receiving yards. 36 all-time in receiving touchdowns, but again, only played 11 years. That's that's not a long time for a guy to rack up those kind of stats. No, it's pretty impressive. And then this guy, I don't know if I'd say first ballot.
1: He'll, He'll make it. it. He'll make it. No yeah, like how do you not? like? I mean, when you think about the Colts and Peyton Manning, if you don't think about Reggie Clark wayne. Yep. and reggie wayne like those are two like how do, like, i'm surprised like i know he'll make it yeah is he a first ballot mm, i don't know Probably not. maybe not but i would not be mad if he was because like, he was so instrumental in that team and i know they lost over and over again to <laughs> yeah. tom brady but
0: but they but, finally did win but here's the thing though i think we, we talked about this before if josh allen or lamar jackson get one super that's Bowl, all you need that's all they that's need all need So that everybody can be like, yeah, but they play during the Patrick Mahomes era. Right. Right? It's it's just like those guys that played against the Michael Jordan, his era. Yeah. Nobody will really hold it against Charles Barkley. I mean Shaq does. But Shaq didn't have whatever. And not only that, but Shaq's era was after Michael was done. Totally. So it's like, okay, you just didn't play in that era. No. Like that was that was the only reason why. Totally different ball. Shaq started winning once Michael was done. But nobody talks about that. Charles had to compete with the greatest of all time. And the one shot he had, the greatest of all time, beat him. The one chance in the finals. Nothing you can do about it. Yeah. So I just look at that and say, like, if Lamar and Josh Allen get that one, Reggie Wayne, he got that one. He got it. He needs to be a part of the Hall of Fame. I think he will for sure. yeah, but dude, he would. Hate to play a prominent role in Parks and Rec.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Still, never seen that oh, show, dude. That is, I dude, I It's just, a great show. I've never been able to catch it. And get past. It's like kind of the, weird, first, the first season's yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah, they just can't get past it. Because yeah. I, I watched the Big Bang Theory. The Big Bang Theory was phenomenal. I don't know if you've seen that, but no, it's not my oh, style like, of humor, dude. It's funny. Funny's not, not your no, no, style of no, no. humor. It's,
0: that <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you right now. Like I can. Generally, this is true of almost every sitcom when it comes to me, if it is a multi-camera sitcom, meaning it is on a soundstage, you got the live audience behind you. I'm out. There's maybe two or three in which that's not the case. And even those two or three, which are considered all time, great sitcoms. I've never seen them all the way through because I don't care. It just feels unnatural to have a, a laugh track. I hate it. It annoys the ever living crap out of me. Friends is one. Seinfeld's another, never watched much of it because I just don't like that. I like, I like what it lo- I like the, um, uh, the single camera, meaning it's like it almost, it, it's still filmed on a stage, but it looks like it's being filmed in an actual house or an actual room. You know what I mean? And so the building is built all the way around. There's all four walls. It's not a three wall setup. I don't know. That's a weird thing, but I know, weird I'm thing. looking at it. Like, how do you even, so you don't like a live audience laughing? No, I don't. I hate it. You just have to have it quiet. Yeah. I want it to be an actual feel like an actual real situational <laughs> comedy. Like, I don't know. I, it is. A I've weird... never thought about it. So you didn't like Home Improvement? Uh, no, I liked it as a kid, but when I watch it now. I'm like, dude, shut the laugh track off. Like I, I don't need them to tell me that Tim Allen's funny. He's funny to me. I don't need. I don't, I don't know. I've, I've that, never I've thought about that. You're weird. I've never, I, I I've never
1: it. considered that even a thing, but now watch the <laughs> show and don't notice. <laughs> no, one. I'm not kidding. You're not ruining it. You're not ruining it for me.
0: <laughs> okay. Reggie Wayne played a great role in Parks Rick, you got to watch Parks and Rec. Get through the first season. I'll admit it is hard, Ugh. but after the first season, dude, it becomes just genius. Well, I've seen some like, sca- like,
1: some like bits, yeah, from the show, like when he's feeding him turkey bacon at the store, and <laughs> yeah. he's like, "That was delicious." Can I have another? He just keeps throwing yeah. it in the trash. <laughs> yes. That was funny. And we saw that. I can't remember his name. I went and
0: saw him with uh, the yeah. We went and saw him in a, a Wild Horse Pass Casino. Oh, yeah? Out there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that he's oh man. That's I know that's his character name, and for some reason, his actual name is. Uh, uh, is escaping me, but yeah, that that show is it's just so good. Mm-hmm. And then I put this guy on here because you being the Car- the Cowboys fan, I feel like you would have some actual things to say about Darren Woodson not making into the Hall of Fame yet. Yeah, dude, it's kind of sad because he was part of that defense
1: back in the nineties where they were just dominant as heck, and and for him not to make it doesn't make any sense because I, I think
0: it's three times Super yeah. Bowl champ. Like, how do you not? And uh, you say, and he's number eighty eight all time solo tackles he only played 12 years and he's played again like i said on a team that had a lot of guys making solo tackles yeah and i who am not a cowboys fan i know the name darren woodson I know him because he was a safety to be feared. Yeah, big
1: time. He flew around like nothing, man. He did not care. He was kind of the Troy Polamalu of the days before, right? Just running around with your head, just ready to take a head off, dude. You know what I mean? Not paying attention to much else at all.
0: Yeah, no, I I honestly felt like I thought you'd have a lot to say about him just because I feel like he was a very good um, safety who maybe he's in the hall of very good. Maybe he's not in the hall of fame. But ultimately when it comes to the hall of fame, I look at it and say, it's a museum. We're here to talk about the greatest players of their eras and that needs to include the greatest players of their era Yeah, he is a greatest player of that era yeah I I totally agree he's he's definitely on the list of best safeties of the 90s oh for sure so not even a doubt at all I kind of feel like I mean for me the first ballot hall of famer that is what separates the other guys I would agree that's why I had this whole thing about Julius Peppers where I'm like wait a minute (laughs) wait a minute because and this is probably more true of baseball but the baseball hall of fame is so so like selective and they're so dumb about certain things like really? to be a unanimous hall of famer in baseball is like otherworldly the best of the best of the best of the best so who who's a unanimous let me tell you who wasn't and this is why i'm thinking about this because it made me so freaking <laughs> angry randy johnson was not a unanimous hall of famer when he got in really? and it made me so angry I'm like this guy is number two all time in strikeouts, and he's not a unanimous hold. He won the Cy Young Award four straight years. Yeah, I remember. And in that four-year stretch, also won a World Series co-MVP and a World Series ring. He had the most four, like the most dominant four-year stretch of my life. And you're telling? Oh, by the way, also did this in his forties and killed a bird. <laughs> That was unbelievable. So, I mean, for him to not be a unanimous first time Hall of Fame inductee was stupid to me. So, that's why I look at it and say, like, first time inductee has got to be held for the absolute primo, top of the line unassailable this guy's going in versus yeah julius peppers is a really good player but if antonio gates is not a first ballot hall of famer no, i don't I think mean, julius peppers is
1: i would agree that's a that's a legit that's a good way to look
0: at it but. yeah so but that's the hall of fame i don't know how many people you know made it through that with us yeah right <laughs> i didn't go near as nerd as i wanted to i didn't read you near the stats that i have in here you have
1: a bunch and you have links for everything i too. Have, i i, I am you sourced, wanted to open it all up. Dude, I am sourced out no one right is going to
0: be getting on me i am sourced <laughs> out ready to go but i just go ahead we're just going to go ahead and call that and you know say that's our that's our little bit on the, uh, the NFL Hall of Fame <laughs> I just thought that was an
1: awesome awesome <laughs> <laughs> that, my first time hearing it I'm
0: like what are we listening oh to? yeah dude so I wanted to show that I wanted to do that when we started the, the um, Super Bowl talk, but we just jumped straight into oh, it, yeah. so I didn't have chance. You know, I wasn't going to go from music to music, but um, I saw that on Instagram earlier by The Bass Farrer. I don't know how to say it. It's F-A-H-R-E-R. It's a remix he did of Usher and, you know, Linkin Park and a whole bunch of things. I thought it was freaking great, so I'm like, I'm putting that in. I don't yeah. care if it makes Where it any goes sense. In,
1: Bowen's going to love it. I think Bowen was jamming out the entire time. <laughs> Good. I know that Shalai
0: was. Oh yeah. When she hears this, she'll be like, oh, this is great great this is great all right so next on the list here is the nba trade deadline whole lot of nothing happened i'm yeah. just going to give you a quick rundown yeah, of things i did not I, I didn't really catch much of it i know the sun scored somebody that a lot of people are very happy about yeah i think he's going to be a solid rotational piece his name's royce o'neill played for the jazz for a while most recently with the nets he, he played last night um when we were playing against the warriors and freaking steph curry drain the game winning three was the most ridiculous shot. Oh, I know. It just was, I saw so, that as you, we were at Supercross last night, <laughs> sitting next
1: to Carl's dad and we're watching Supercross cross race. We're watching the Suns play and we're like, Oh man. And then he hits that three and you're like, you gotta be kidding this is me. That's the most Steph Curry three of all time. It, it is. And how do you defend that? You don't, he literally practices that shot every day before a game. And he just, I mean, it, and
0: it just buckets, bro. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. Yeah, it was, it was so dumb. They, I just don't even know how to, I don't even know how to describe Steph Curry to an alien. He is an alien. He doesn't make any sense. No, he He doesn't doesn't make any sense whatsoever. He rarely touches the rim on a shot. Yes. And it's over and over. It's phenomenal. Yeah. So anyway, so Royce O'Neal played, we got him from the Brooklyn nets. I think he's going to be a solid three and D wing rotational guy. May start some, may not start some. He's going to get in there. He's going to be a part of the rotation when we get to the playoffs. Um, we got him and a guy named David Roddy, who I will admit, I don't know anything about him. Um, he was with the Memphis Grizzlies. I am told he's just kind of an athletic big guy, can guard multiple positions. But I don't know a thing about him, so I'm not going to pretend like I do. But we had to get rid of Jordan Goodwin, who we got from the Wizards with Bradley Beal in the offseason. We got rid of Keita Bates-Diop. Who was one of those guys that we signed in the offseason that I was particularly excited about because he's a big, long rangy defender who just couldn't crack the rotation. He just he was he was too much up and down. So we traded those two guys and um two, uh, and a second round pick to the Brooklyn Nets for Royce O'Neill. So Royce O'Neill had better work out because we gave up quite a bit to get him. <laughs> of the things that we had to give up anyway. The Suns didn't have much to give up. Yeah. And then we gave up two seconds to Memphis, Utah Watanabe and Chimezi Metsu metu for david roddy that's more to be given up for a guy i don't even know anything about him
1: yeah, I, I don't know anything about him either. I've been, I remember reading some stuff about him. People are excited. They're talking about this new owner with the Suns. Is, he's a basketball fan and he's making basketball moves and that's what you mm-hmm. need to be doing to win. So, I mean, nobody really seems too upset about it, which is good, I guess.
0: Yeah, but. I mean, ultimately it was one of those things where the, the Suns didn't have, not to get into the real weeds of the CBA and the limitations they had on making trades, but let's just say they were extensive limitations that they had to actually improve yeah. the roster. So they did something. I just don't know how much it's going to be in the end. I don't know how much of a, uh, difference it's actually going to make. It, it kind of feels like we're shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic. You know <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, ultimately, are we going to hit That's that funny. iceberg still? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It kind of seems like that because I don't know how much of a difference Roy is going to make. And again, I don't know anything about David Roddy. So uh, we'll see what happens. There wasn't anything else that happened in the in the um, in the league. Really, the Knicks went and got um, two guys that I feel like are going to make a big difference for them. O.G. Ananobi has already shown to be a very valuable piece that they've picked up. And Bogdan Bogdanovich. he's one of those guys that just he doesn't make sense that he scores, but he scores. He just does. And it, he's one of those old school, like old man players in the gym. We were like, how's this guy moving, let alone making buckets? That's Bogdanovich. So, I mean, they got two guys that I think are going to be big moves for them. I cannot understand why the Pacers traded away Buddy Heald when this is one of the best seasons the Pacers have had in a long time. Did you get that clip I sent you of that um, that assist that uh, Tyrese Halliburton had? Yeah. He threw it off yeah. the backboard back to board. himself.
1: Still caught it in the air and then chucked and it then, to the three-point Yes, line. and yeah. then it
0: to the guy in the corner who drains the three. Yeah. Um, that's that's what i'm talking they about it, Hubbard, uh, what man. did they
1: call it uh, that's like a, it's a it's a cheat code, Like an MP, nba 2k cheat code oh, is what he did it was what they said on the, the, the oh, little the broadcast? caption said yeah dude, that's
0: freaking awesome like i say he's he's awesome i don't know why that seemed like the craziest trade to me to get rid of him but here's the one that makes no sense to me dude you want to talk about this is where i am going to get a nerd deep dive because this guy i have no idea how he keeps getting money and keeps getting money attained, uh, retained Gordon Hayward. Okay. Was traded by the um, Hornets, the Charlotte Hornets to the um, Oklahoma city Thunder. He hasn't played more than 52 games in a season, which by the way, that's two thirds of a season. He hasn't played more than 52 games in a season since the 2018, 2019 season. That's five years in which he has not played more than, two-thirds of a season he's only played 25 games this year he's basically the kirk cousins of the nfl that keeps getting paid for not doing anything but at least (laughs) kirk cousins plays
1: yeah that's true he at least least is
0: on the field yeah okay so here's some numbers i'm gonna throw at you again this is very nerdy just listen to me as much as you possibly can in his career out of a possible 1148 games he has played seventy and a half and percent of those total games okay that doesn't sound that bad no it's a c rating yeah okay. <laughs> right right in today's nba though 70 degrees of your games? eric right Ed, you're right <laughs> and in that time he's averaged 15 and a half points per game sounds like a pretty solid guy okay but here's the thing you have to take into consideration that the majority of his career has been outside of Utah. And his time in Utah greatly skews those numbers. Games played in Utah, total possible games played in Utah was 516 games. He played 90% of those, 89.9%. So, vast majority of the games available, yeah. he played them. And in those games, t- he averaged 15 and a half games. Uh, points per game. And that's including his rookie season and the second season in which he did nothing. He had 20 points per game or more. Basically the whole rest of his time in, in Utah. Great player. When he was with the jazz after Utah out of a possible 293 games, he has only played in 50% of those 51.05% of the games available mm-hmm. after Utah. That includes one season in which he played one game. He played one game, missed the whole rest of the season. This is where Ow. it gets. He broke his game. ankle in that one game oh. with, with Boston. It was a huge signing for the Boston Celtics when they got him. Here's the thing. He earned a total. This is a lot of money. It's a lot of money. He earned a total of $57,000,000 and roughly $77,000 in his whole time when he was in Utah. And that was seven seasons. His seven seasons in Utah, just about fifty-seven. And you know change million dollars in his seven seasons after he has made (laughs) 182 million what 142,885 dollars that is nearly three times or more than three times the amount of money in the same amount of time and he's played in half of the possible games he in utah made let's see let's see post Utah. Okay. In Utah, he made $111,000 per game. If you break it out after Utah, he made $621,000 a game. Okay. Wow. And Why? I, he must bring something that we don't know
1: about to the table in like a, like a team aspect or like a player, like an, an attitude or something that they're obviously seeing something with them. We're like, Hey, we want him because he brings this to the table. It's like when Travis Kelsey was first picked up, he was really good, but they knew he had a temper. Yeah. And, you know, they, they had to work through that. But what he brought to the table was everything else to it. But you work through the bats, so Maybe I don't know. Maybe there's something. Maybe there's some kind of it factor with this guy. Because, yeah, I remember him playing at Utah. I don't remember him playing much. But I do hear his name a lot.
0: You see, the reason why you don't remember him playing after is because he did it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but thing. I know you. But when you say the name, I know the name. Yeah,
0: but th- that's the thing that just it, really it is the thing that's crazy to me. Like you said, there must be something I as a I'm a pretty big NBA fan i follow you're way bigger than i am i follow the league pretty well and i still just don't understand how gordon hayward keeps getting contracts he keeps getting paid and people keep bringing him onto their team it's like dude at what point do you say you can't play anymore you just can't play that they won't. They just want to keep paying him, apparently. 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 Hey, good for him. Yeah, good, good for, for him. him. Yeah, he's good money. for him, dude. Like he's figured him. it out. I just had to talk about that because I just find Gordon Hayward to be the most perplexing player I can think of currently playing in the NBA because he doesn't play. He's rarely ever available. And post Utah, he has been mediocre at absolute best and he's getting paid top money. It's got to be a veteran. It's got to be something. There's got to be something we don't know. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's something. I, I don't know what yeah. it is, though. And I, mean, I, I couldn't. He ain't playing you. ability, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because he doesn't play. <laughs> I, I don't understand it, man. I do not understand it. All right. Uh, we have a hard shift to the right here. So now's
1: where we get to the dirty stuff. There's one that everybody else, and not into sports, wants to talk about <laughs> yes. or at least wants to hear about, right? All right. Yeah. So we have. So absolutely- if you've made it this far, <laughs> I guess. If you've
0: made it this far, we are going to. <laughs> Completely shift gears. Completely
1: shift gears. Good. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I want to know what it is. I was watching a video about why men should have well my why men should get flowers, Eric. Literal flowers. Literal flowers. Not like uh, oh, like a figment of like oh, like a a gesture. Like not a metaphor. No, not a metaphor at all. Like why what, what it was was a video of they were like doing a presentation like an award thing right and there was a couple females on stage and there happened to be one male the male does not get any flowers and they give flowers to the other women and it says men should have flowers too let's normalize no, giving men flowers yeah, no we should not Oh, it made me so furious. I'm so tired of the dying masculinity in this world that we just keep shoving down. Oh no, men need to be softer. No, you're seeing what that's doing right now. It is destroying this country. We have a bunch of soft pussies running <laughs> running around right now. I want you to give me the heads I'm up, Sorry. Man. I'm I've sorry. We got it ready to go. We can do it again. But man, <laughs> I'll tell you, it is out of control and I'm so tired of it. And I'm not saying men don't need to be sensitive to things. That's not what I'm saying. Men cry. There are things that things happen. But to take the idea that men need to be less masculine and we need flour flower. No, we don't. We don't need flowers. If you're a man and need flowers, you're a woman. Like, like I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. And I know this may be controversial to people and I don't care, but it does not make any sense to me. Like I'm all for like, I've got three daughters. You want to talk about sensitive? Like I do. There's things pull like a, a Folgers commercial will break me down in the right
0: way. Dude, like <laughs> remember cold and sadness or whatever your words were. Yeah. Like, yeah. Deep. It? Yeah. Whatever that was. Fight out those emotions. It, it
1: will, yeah. But there are certain things, right? Which we do. But the idea that men nowadays can, can't be masculine. The masculinity is looked at so negatively. Oh yeah, it is insane. And social media is pushing it. And you hear all these agendas of all these. Oh men need to be this, or men need to be that. Or, men are too tough. It's like no, we're supposed to be. How do you think we survived as a culture when we didn't have all the crap we have now? When we have the most. You, you didn't. I saw another video where you're talking about what women wanted to breed. Back in the day, you didn't want to breed with a guy that had flowers, <laughs> right? <laughs> that wanted flowers. That was not where you. That was not somebody strong in your herd or your group of people, right? And and how we've gotten away from that, I don't know, but I, that video just infuriated me that this guy is standing on stage without flowers and people are like, well, he should have flowers. Why isn't he getting flowers? Why do only the women get flowers?
0: Cause flowers are for women. Okay. I remember when you sent this to me, I gave it a big old heart emoji because my thought was, yeah, we should give guys flowers, but not actual flowers, not actual flowers. Cause you never convinced me that the guys don't enjoy compliments. Okay, listen, there's a way that you get flowers.
1: I've seen this before, and it's so true. And listen, (laughs) flowers for men... Are pictures of your wife or girlfriend or boy. Those are flowers. You whatever it is, and that is—I mean—that is the nice way to put it, right? Like yeah. Trying to be as completely PC as I can, but you want to buy a man flowers? That's your flower take right there. You—that we're visual creatures. We talked about this <laughs> about gym stuff. We, we're wired that way. You want me to have flowers? No, don't. You—I think that the term is news or flowers for men. That's what it is, <laughs> but it doesn't have to be that. But my point is that is what a, a guy wants. We don't want flowers again. If you're—if you're a guy that's listening. Bowen, if you want flowers, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Bowen is getting railed. I love
0: Bowen. I'm just kidding. Bowen definitely don't want flowers. I know what he wants. But, but. Here, see here's the thing though when i say like guys deserve their flowers you're right whatever it is like i just don't like the idea that men don't deserve any recognition we don't deserve any kind of you know compliments or anything like that it should only be reserved for the you know the the fairer sex i don't
1: agree with that because i agree i understand that point all day we are big compliment people compliment us tell us how great
0: we are just like doing how many times how many times do you hear your your, your boys your friends compliment each other it happens all the time. Oh, yeah. We like we, we earlier we talked about why are women drag why do women drag Dude, guys, we're like the biggest cheerleaders yeah, for our dudes. Yeah, absolutely like, oh, we man. are. We're like, we, let's I mean, go. We just talked about Gordon Hayward and you're like, hey, man, good for him. Yeah, he, like, <laughs> like, 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 we don't even agree with him. But yeah. We're like, bro, get there. Good for you, yeah, dude. See, like, That's different. Yeah, and it's the same thing with Kirk Cousins. I'll talk about how I think he's a mediocre quarterback, but I will give him his flowers yeah, all right? day long for the amount of money he's been able to extract from the that's NFL. That's different. Good our, for you, dude.
1: We're not talking like, here's a bouquet of flowers. I want you to feel good. No, those are for women. Women like, flowers and there's nothing wrong with that and if you're a man that likes flowers on genuinely likes flowers that's cool you like the rainbow <laughs> like that's fine but we should not make it all inclusive thing where all men should get flowers or we don't need masculinity we just
0: give them flowers it should be the- oh my god like, oh, Here, here's to one screen. of the things that kills me and with that that video you sent the specific phrase that i hate so much is let's normalize dot 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 no we don't need to no. normalize anything one of the things that, the reason why i feel that way i feel very strong that way it's like listen if you as a guy like flowers guess what you like flowers yeah fine. there's nothing wrong with it who cares nope. i don't care if you are a girl who likes you know auto mechanic stuff cool right. i don't care doesn't need to be normalized because it's not abnormal that's who you are that's what you're all about I don't care. I don't need to normalize anything. I don't need to get on social media and come on some campaign to make something, quote unquote, normal to everybody else. When in reality, it's like, listen, th- th- my normal in Santan Valley, Arizona, is not the same as your normal in Seattle, Washington, yeah, not even Billings, Montana, Fargo, North Dakota. It's not the same. Nope. So this whole idea of, quote unquote, normalizing anything infuriates me to a level that is very unrealistically stupid. Like I, I have no reason to get as mad as I do about it, but it just bothers me because it's like, listen, we don't need to make everybody accept the way that other people live in a way that they have to. Oh, you know what? That's the way, I guess that's the way the other world, the other half of the world lives. Like, no, no, no. that's just the way I live. Yeah. And that's fine. I don't have to justify myself to anybody else. You don't have to justify yourself to anybody else. Nope. And l- the, this is where uh, I guess a lot of my, my frustration comes from it is the idea that we have to, like you said, right now masculinity is like public enemy number 1 oh, yeah in so many different facets especially on social media holy crap you want to be you want to understand this be a guy open up a, a, a tiktok or an instagram account or a facebook account and see how many reels get thrown your way at the problems with you being who you are that is I don't know if I don't know if women get that. I don't know if that's what their algorithm sends that way. I know that for mine, mine is blown up with that. I get it all the time. I get crap like that all the time talking about what's wrong with being a masculine guy. Anybody that knows me would know I am not, you know, the grease on my fingers out there working underneath the truck, going hunting on the weekends. Mm -hmm. I'm not that guy. Do I have any problem with those guys? No, those guys are vital. Those guys are necessary. We absolutely need guys that do those things. We need guys that have no problem going to a house that's septic backed up and getting down in the literal (laughs) to clean it up. And guess what? You're not getting that if that hits on a masculine guy. That's, that's not going to exactly happen
1: right and masculinity doesn't have to be that kind of hard work we all are we are masculine men like we do things for our families and as men do right we protect them we yep. take care of our kids we, that's all masculine that's all stuff that we do right. as men we right. don't need to take that away from people like don't say oh you don't need to be masculine you should be more sensitive listen if you're if you take bring out my daughters you damn well better be masculine like <laughs> yes i want you to protect her i'm giving you my entire life in one here you go like I, you, i'm take you're taking her out cool she's all yours these are your responsibilities now if you can't do that if you're not masculine enough because you're worried about your feelings or whatever you're into because it's not masculinity sucks i don't want you dating my daughter and no you shouldn't want anybody to how can you you gotta feel safe right when you, yeah oh dude sending your kid out into the world with a with another guy oh dude i'm it's not excited tough. for that oh no it's it's tough i did it. i, I watched <laughs> her drive away and i'm like it's fine like I've raised them to be strong, independent women. Right. I love it. But she still needs a man in her life that is
0: masculine to take care of her. Absolutely. That's what we're
1: supposed to do. It,
0: see, and this Ugh. is where I come back to like the whole definition of quote masculinity and like the the, the desire for people to like to cut it down. That's what kills me is I, I really do feel like the definition of masculinity gets so muddy with so many people. I yeah. feel like it has to mean this one thing. When in reality, no, it doesn't have to mean this one thing. It means many things. I would say probably on the surface, it means the ability to provide for your family and call me old school call me traditional whatever you want to call i firmly believe this is important this is a man's role doesn't mean he has to be the only one making money in the home, right but he has to be able to provide for his family protect for his family and to be able to show his kids how to treat their mother and how to treat women right i exactly. look at those and i say those are the most basic of key things of what it means to be masculine you can own a flower shop. You can be a florist and be a man, yeah, super you masculine. You can be dude. masculine all day. Yeah, you can run any kind of sort of business as long as you can provide for your family, um, make sure you protect your family, and show your kids what it means to treat their mother and how to treat women. And you know, we'll say men, how men are supposed to treat women, how women are supposed to treat men. As long as you can provide those kinds of skills and, and guidance for your children, you're a masculine man. That may mean you have you're interested in. Like I said, being a florist, that might be your thing. You might be super into football, that might be your thing. You might be really into hunting, fixing cars, <laughs> It could be any, any number of things. I'm just throwing those things out because those are the things that normally get attached to it. It could be any number of things, but as long as you're able to do those things, I think that's the most important thing. Well, and it's important that we talk about the fact that we're not saying that
1: women can't do those things. Very right? true. Because that's where people get, oh, women can do Women can provide. Women, yes, you can. You absolutely can. And I great if you do. I'm not saying you can't, but it is it is a masculine thing to do yep. on that end, the way traditionally that we've always seen, right? I mean, for a long time, we've got, we, you know, women are in the workforce now like crazy they didn't used to be which is totally fine because i think it's great women dude, there's nothing for me a successful woman that's awesome yeah. I, I love it i love seeing women in charge of things i love seeing them run a whole bunch of things because they're really more organized than most of us anyway and that is 100 percent the truth you know they, they they really are they're really most of the time they're pretty dang good at their, what they're doing and Absolutely. they're probably better than the dude that would be there Because he's just a guy, right? So that's got nothing to do with saying women can't do it. I'm just saying we should not take masculinity away from men and make it so like bad. Yes, and make it poison. Yeah, make it poison. It's not poison. If you don't want to be masculine as a man, that's fine. That's not normal. That's fine. So you be you, but don't make it a, we should normalize everything and everybody should be not masculine because that is not going to work for the world because us no. in this little country of this bubble that we live in of, oh, we can say what we want and feel how we feel and we can be what we want to be. That doesn't work as soon as you go into international waters. Yes. Yes. Because I'll tell you right now, once you get over somewhere else, you better be pretty masculine if you're a guy or else you're going to get taken for it, right? It, oh, yeah. It's it's just the
0: way of the world. You're not protected. I'm not going to bring this up because it's it's very sensitive and it's definitely political. But I've sent you a couple of reels this past week that highlight your point exactly. Leave this country and figure out how it works out for you. That's that's it. If you don't like it, yeah, you know what? That's,
1: I'm telling you, we... We have just taken it to the extremes. We have so many other problems going on. And we have this idea of, oh, I can feel this or be this or da, da da da. That's great. But that's not how it works. Like yeah. and we just keep fostering this idea because we're afraid to tell people no or afraid that they're gonna get mad or they're gonna lash out. And we're then what what do we do now? Well we handle that, but we don't, that's the problem. So we just let people do these things. And it's like, look, what are you gonna do when you leave? You think and then they threaten to leave. People like that will all leave the country. <laughs> Go Good ahead. luck, you'll be back. <laughs> yeah. Because you because you're not gonna make it, because when you leave outside of the walls are here and this comfort that because you enjoy the freedoms to have these things so you've taken yes. advantage
0: of them now that's what it comes down to i, I want to make it very clear that we are not trying to rail on anybody no in any all. way shape or form and making you feel like oh we hate you we hate the way that you know there no. are certain things that i do hate i do hate the the um the push to get rid of masculinity in the label of toxic masculinity. There are such things as toxic masculinity that, that of that course. is a real thing, but we don't need to enable label all of it that way. We don't need to worry about whether or not, um, and someone is offended because you know some guys are living their lives the way that men were live, meant to live our lives in the same way that we shouldn't be offended if women want to live their lives in a different way than women had been inten- you know that had been living their lives for thousands yep. of years there's nothing wrong with that we, you live in a, you. we live in a society in which you are allowed to choose the way you want to live your life that does not mean you get to be offended the way that somebody else lives their life exactly i think we've talked about that Plenty. Oh, yeah. Offen- the, being offended is a choice. Sh- the choice to be offended. Yep. maybe it sounds like that we were we've chosen to be offended by a man let's normalizing this guy getting his flowers that's not really what it is i'm not offended by it if that guy got flowers on the stage i wouldn't give a crap i wouldn't care but the problem is they try to make it a thing they try to make it this big deal that's the problem where it's like and he kind of played along with it you can tell he's playing he's like hey i'm getting my flowers yeah yeah, yeah, and you know and then the one girl gives him a flower from her bouquet and you can tell it's like okay whatever it's just a joke right i think giving a man flowers should almost always simply just mean metaphorically like don't be afraid to give guys compliments we yeah, like them yeah we like compliments we don't we don't get very many especially from women that doesn't happen very often from women i would argue that most men physical touch is a love language for most men i think uh, just most most,
1: most men. men but the other one in my mind would be words of affirmation words of affirmation yep that i mean i'm sure there are exceptions to that rule but those two things are pretty big in a man's world. They will
0: make a man. And it doesn't feel, have to be flowers. No. You know what I mean? Like Metaphor metaphorical flowers right. are, are what it needs to Dude, be. I, it's so fun. You and I have literally never had this conversation nope. before. We have never had this <laughs> conversation and it is hysterical to me. I have had this conversation with countless other dudes, countless other dudes. And we all say the exact same thing. Physical touch. We say that and we always get the caveat. Maybe not all guys. I don't know any guy that it's not the case, <laughs> but I am it's leaving true. the window it's open. It just isn't cr- it just in case somebody may say they like access service better. I yeah, don't know. I'm just leaving it open, it's possible. Yeah. But the number two is always words of affirmation. It's always that. And the reason is, is because again, we don't, guys. We have no problem giving other guys confidence. Oh, yeah. We
1: lift each other up like crazy. We love doing it.
0: I mean, go to the gym. How many dudes you see? Other dudes, you can do it. You can do it. And like it's just that's what we do, right,
1: dude? That's the fun, that's the truth, right? Yeah, guys don't think you go to p- women like to think you get big, go to get all strong and look good to go to the gym to talk to chicks. No, no, no. It's the other dudes that talk to. you. Bro, you look good. I You're saw you lift that weight today. You looking great, man. You looking small you know. And I'm like,
0: I am. Thank you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's, and it's <laughs> that way with most, I, okay, it's that way with most things. The other day I'm going to my physical therapist who we're going to have on the show eventually one day and I'm really stoked for it because he's just a great dude. And... Um, Somebody's talking about basketball, and they're like, "Oh, like you you can't play basketball," and he's like, "No, I I really can. Like, I guess I'm not that bad, right?" And and they're like, "No, you can't." And he goes, "Hey, Eric." And I'm sitting in the waiting room. It's not my turn. he's like, "Am I pretty good at basketball?" You better believe I came to his freaking defense (laughs) and I lifted him up, made everybody know that this guy was this close to getting drafted (laughs) in the NBA. (laughs) And you've never seen him play, but it doesn't matter. No, I'll tell you, I I have played basketball then, and he is really good. He is a really good basketball player. But I was also being very honest. everybody i'm like no I, that's i would i'm lifting them up i'm making sure everybody knows yeah. this guy right here he's awesome and that's i i don't know many guys i really don't know many guys that don't do that i don't know many guys that go there and just rip on <laughs> other dudes and just rip them down i don't, we don't keep them in our
1: circle no we don't you know exactly. what i'm saying like we don't we get rid of them i'm like no we're I, I don't need that kind of negativity at all we don't do that i think we don't gravitate to those kind of people so when you do find those people you ain't calling you them. You ask them. Cause ask we're them not men. We, 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 you, you and your buddies, and you and your dude. Those, are, they're your dudes, man. They're the ones picking you up the whole time when you're down. Like it doesn't matter. Like you can call a couple of guys you know. It's like, hey, you're good to go, or hey, don't worry about it. Or they always come through in the clutch and send you some kind of motivational
0: reel when you need it? Yeah, they're, it's just <laughs> something good, and you're like, my man, dude. That's what I'm talking about. You so know? this is also one of those things that I find funny because I, I don't, I don't have any science behind this, but I do feel like probably the majority of guys have met their significant others. With their boys. Oh yeah. Because their boys gave them the confidence to go and present themselves and get out there and go 100%. Right. Like you're to You ain't going to walk up to a girl anywhere at
1: any bar, restaurant (laughs) or nothing. If you don't have it by yourself. I do. I'm sure a few guys will. I'm sure it's happened. Leave the window open. You
0: you don't need a bunch of them. You just need one. You need a wingman, bro. You need a wingman. (laughs) There's a reason why it's all over every single Buddy Cop show. Any television show you watch, there's always the wingman. Somebody to build them up, give them the confidence, get them out there. Someone to start the conversation because
1: they're dumb and they're not going to be paying attention. (laughs) And they're just kind of like going for it. Meanwhile, you're trying to get your
0: angle. Absolutely. You need a wingman. And we lift each other up. We're, We're the best wingman for each other so all that is to say listen don't worry so much about giving guys actual flowers give them metaphorical flowers there you go don't be dragging guys down by their masculinity let people be built up by that masculinity because truthfully that's not how all society functions but it is a huge part of how society functions in the same way that women need to be allowed to be feminine. Women, if a woman wants to simply be a stay at home mom, that needs to not ever, 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 ever be talked about in a negative way. No, there is nothing more important than a mother being a mother and a father being a father. Absolutely and i just i can't stand the whole concept of ripping down these gender roles and saying that they're they're negative they're horrible they're awful for people and that's not to say i I also want to make this clear i've said this before i do not care if a man and a man and a woman and a woman want to get married i don't care yeah it doesn't matter that's their lives i'm just saying that we don't need to go in in a blast Society that wants to live a traditional life. We don't yeah. need to blast that. That We don't need that. In the same way that traditional society doesn't need to go after those people that don't want to live a non-traditional life. Exactly. I just feel like, like I said, I've said it before. Live your way, live your life non-harmful. Don't worry about harming other people because that's in, I am going to say this and I know this is probably a very controversial thing. Jesus did not teach hate. I am a firm follower of Jesus Christ. And right. I firmly believe that we all need to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And yep. I try it my just best stops that right way.
1: there, right? If you just do that, yes, most people believe in some kind of Christianity of some sort where they follow Jesus in some way, shape or form, denomination, whatever, Right. Or they believe in something that right there is just that If you just treat each other like you like you know what you just said, love thyself as thy neighbor, or whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? That is love, thy neighbor, love thy neighbor as I love thy neighbor as thyself. Yeah, that right there it would solve a lot of problems. It would, it would
0: solve most a lot problems. of problems, dude. I'll <laughs> I'll let let you,
1: people be people.
0: Yeah, I, I was gonna go down that road. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop Where myself go? right now yeah. and just let it be said. We I think we've I think we've made our points on this one. Metaphorical flowers for men, Medical not for, real ones. And don't don't bring down masculinity yeah allow men to be masculine it is necessary and if you're a dude and you're a wingman for man keep on keeping on on, keep it on keep it on all right so real quickly this is something i just wanted to state last time i just railed on legion airlines because they suck right (laughs) oh no did you did it come full circle okay no 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 no, okay this this is a funny wrinkle i was getting ready to come up on here and do a full recantation (laughs) Full recantation is like, you know what? I jumped the gun. My bad. Here's a story. On Wednesday night, we recorded me talking about how Legion sucks. (laughs) Lost my tablet, gave them all the fully detailed information as to where it was, blah, blah, blah. I had gotten a call from the baggage claim at Gateway Airport calling me, let the voicemail, said, Hey, we've got your tablet here. Come down and get it. On the day I reported it missing. But because it went through a spam filter, I didn't get the voicemail until Wednesday. Yeah. So I'm like, oh okay well so i call him up on thursday like yeah we got it right here come on down i had already filled up my report i have not received any information from Allegiant. Allegiant has still not reached out to me and said anything but the baggage claim at, at gateway calls me Call him up. I give him some uh, information. We kind of detail it out like, oh, yeah, this is clearly your tablet. Come on down and get it. I go down there to get it. I give him my ID and they ask me one more question. Okay, just being sure that this is yours. And then the guy opens it up, sees the lock screen, sees my picture on the lock screen with my family. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is yours. Gives it to me. I get an email Friday from Allegiant saying, hey, we still haven't found your tablet. We're still looking. And I was like, what? Yes!
1: Allegiant.
0: <laughs> I was ready to apologize. Oh, no. There's... You still suck. <laughs> now, the,
1: the hey, did you say, can you just give me another one? <laughs> I should have been like, hey, you know what? That's cool. I'll
0: just take you know, credit. I'll just, just yeah, credit. Just credit me for it. Credit. Just give me a
1: free flight somewhere. <laughs> we'll call it even. Yes.
0: I just was like, okay. I was ready to be like, you know what? My mistake. They totally took care of it. I dropped the gun. Nope. Allegiant still has no idea where my tablet is. It's with me. I've got it. stupid freaking airline man yeah i
1: that didn't really save them the baggage claim people well done yes. you know what i mean Thank well you, a
0: gateway baggage claim you yeah. guys th- took care of things Allegiant? i appreciate it no you could suck it like it's terrible yeah dude that that's just absolutely uh, uh, like inexcusable you got to be kidding <laughs> me guys <laughs> that's too funny all right well i think that was pretty solid there's one thing that i can't wait to talk with you about um it's the Ipswich football club in england cannot wait to talk to you about one. I have a story I printed off. I left it at the office. I'm going to give it to you. Um you can read it and we'll talk about it another time. Now the football season's over. We have to admit There's going to be a little bit of a drought when it comes to things Uh, to talk about. No, we're going to go
1: into social aspects or something. I will do anything to avoid talking about baseball. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just getting recovered. Baseball
0: doesn't start till the end of March. Yeah, so we've we've got time. We've We've got got time time. to talk. I mean, and you'll you'll be coming to some baseball games with me this season. I'm sure. You will be. I'll I'll make sure I bring you. I was going to bring you guys last season, but there's something happened with my season tickets where it just got a little bit different. And anyway, so you'll be coming with me this season. You'll fall in love with the team somehow. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't we'll know. make it happen. The pitch clock helps. I've told you that the Dude, pitch clock you, makes when, a when, deal. And when you're sitting in the stadium, yeah, the, the pitch clock helps even more than when you're watching that on yeah, TV. I'm sure it, it really moves. And the fact i don't want to make this go much longer but i remember being shocked the first game we went to me and a group of my buddies and all of our kids i always do try and do like a dad's night to where all the dads will come and we'll bring their kids let mom stay at home it's a time for us to be out with the kids right yeah and i remember the first time we we'd be three or four hours at the stadium before we'd leave when the first game we all went to was done by seven o'clock everyone's like Now what? Yeah, now what? (laughs) (laughs) Now what do we do? Like, I guess we just go home. It was it was a five o'clock start, and it was over in under two hours. It was unbelievable. Yeah, that's crazy. So, like, there was no time to get up and go get a drink or go get food or go to see that. That's gonna make. I'm telling you, we talked about. It's gonna save baseball. I I agree. I think it's the biggest change that they could have made that actually will make an actual difference. So, anyway, well, I, I hope everybody enjoyed all of those nerding out that I did with <laughs> stats about the Hall of Fame and, and Gordon stuff. Hayward. I mean, it is kind of interesting when I'm, you think about it. I'm sure it was probably a difficult listen for a lot of people,
1: <laughs> but if they made it through half of it, there was a pretty good segue there. That's true. That's true. That's stuff. I think I think a lot of people believe, like feel the same way about the masculinity thing. I think it's just not something that people want to talk about because they're almost afraid of what, it is. That, and, it's, and It shouldn't. You should be allowed to voice your opinion and not have to worry about repercussions. And, you know, they have a cancel culture and all this crap. But you know what? I don't care like i'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying don't be feminine i'm just saying don't kill masculinity yes there's a difference
0: yes i 100 with you, you on know, that one that's there where it comes down to. There is a difference there's, there's a, big is difference. a difference and it's like i said before don't don't be harmful live yeah. your life harmless to others and don't go out looking for ways to rip down others yeah. either you know i think that's the most important lesson to be learned here so anyway with that being said man no we'll like fat kids and dodgeball we're out <laughs> all right stay fresh cheese bag Special thanks to Lane Hartman for composing and performing on the opening music. Special thanks to everybody else that supports the show in whatever capacity that you do. So please like and share in whatever platform you happen to listen on, to on podcasts. Also, please share with your friends. Let's spread this word far and wide so the JJ and Show can continue to grow.